You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. And we're here to talk about the portrayal of women in movies. Oh, because that's what our podcast is about. That is what our podcast is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing it for a little while. Yeah, we're, we're freaking veterans at this point. Yeah. That's scary. I looked at right now, as of this recording, we have 69 episodes out. Hell yeah. That's sexy, right? That's so hot. That's good. That's very, if I was in middle school, I'd be pissing myself right now. (laughs) But I'm an adult, so I'm just like clenching and being like, that's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we talk about women in movies. We use the Bechdel test as just a jumping off point for a larger conversation. Hey, what's that? The Bechdel test is a test you apply to media. It requires that the movie, let's say you're watching, has two female characters. Uh They must have names. They must talk to each other. Uh And their conversation has to be about anything other than a man. Our version of it is a two line of dialogue exchange. Can Can we demo it? I'd love to. Hey, Caitlin, what's the Bechdel test? I'm stupid. Jamie, you're not stupid, but the Bechdel test is when women talk to each other in movies about stuff that's not a man. Oh, okay. But oops, we just mentioned a man, so did that Wait, no, try again. Okay. Caitlin, what's the Bechdel test? It's when movies have women who talk about things. I love the movie Doubt. Okay. <laughs> Done. Did it. We did it. The Perfect best thing example. about the Bechdel test is that it does not have to be well written. Mm-hmm. It just has mm-hmm. to, to clear a bar. Yeah. Which, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll find uh, is is something that's freely taken advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Not in yeah. this particular movie we're talking about today, which is very well written. Right. I'm so excited. For I'm it. so excited. This has been a big listener request. It has been. Our feed has been, quite honestly, blown up with requests for this episode. So we're, we're excited to be doing it. So you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so without much further ado, oh, we're about to make Bechtel cast history because we have one. not one. Uh, oh, two guests. Two <gasps> guests. The double guests. Yeah, more bodies. More... <laughs> More voices. It's going to be terrific. I can't wait because these are both such wonderful people. We've got... One returning guest. But also, the first time I've been in the room with her for this podcast, because I... (laughs) 
not famously, but irresponsibly, never showed up for the Didn't Thursdays. show up. It's all right. We forgive you. Uh, you might remember this from the When Harry Met Sally episode. Mm-hmm. And so you I was already doing know her. in North Hollywood. I'm sorry. It's okay. But you already know her. She's a comedian. You've seen her on Two Dope Queens. Naomi Ekparrigan. Hey. Hello. Welcome back. And our other guest, he's written for At Midnight. He has a podcast coming out soon called Nerdificent. Mm-hmm. Ify Wadiway. Hey, what it do? <laughs> <laughs> Man. I thought you were going to say make history when you had you had two black people. Yeah. And it was just two well, guests, period. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got black people. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, in, we're in a post-Black Panther society. So <laughs> we're, it's, it's very advanced. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, you have more black people than 90% of comedy podcasts in LA. <laughs> <We did. laughs> so shout out to y'all for that. We did it. So the movie just came out. Naomi, you've, you've seen it once. Yes. Jamie, seen you've it seen once. it once. Iffy, three you're times. at three times. Oh, yeah. I'm at three times. And also, shout out to Aristotle, who's also seen it three times. Oh, oh nice. my God. Wait, we've got 11 wow. viewings in one room. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. We're ready. Wow. We're ready to We're talk ready. about this. So, uh, what are your initial thoughts, takes on the movie? Yes! <laughs> That's my initial take. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is this is as like a like, you know, nerd, also as an African. Like Black Panther has always been special to me because he wasn't just a black hero, he was an African hero. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like, oh man, he's like straight up just like me. And it's been a long journey because I remember, you know, when the MCU kind of started out, you Marvel know Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, get the nerds up to speed. <laughs> yeah, at, at Comic Con, like they were saying like Wakanda would be too hard to make and but this was like post Thor and it was like, what, what are you talking about? talking about you guys already <laughs> just did Valhalla and it was just a long road but we got here and I feel like it was perfect because if it would have been done when I wanted it it would not have had Coogler because Coogler I think only have, mm. has done Fruitvale Station at the time I don't think it would have had most of the cast you know mm-hmm. it took a lot of the cast or people who just kind of blew up besides yeah. like Lupita and Michael B was on his like hot streak by then but uh the weight was Needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it. I didn't realize this movie was in some form of production for my entire life. Yeah. Whoa. Really? Like, yeah, that this first started in, from from what I can tell in 92 was like the first mention of possibly making a Black Panther movie. Oh, I'm so glad 25... it did not get made in 1990. It would have had been... Damon Wayans in it. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been wackadoo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But yeah, this has been a movie that's been uh, in talks forever. And yeah, yeah, I mean, if it had been made in 92, nightmare. Nightmare (laughs) fuel. I heard uh, this current uh, rendition of it kind of started back in 2011. And Kevin Feige was like, "Uh, not yet. We need to wait for like... Who's when Kevin Feige? The big producer over at Marvel. Oh, okay, he's like the Marvel. The okay, okay. Uh, okay. Or I guess H N W D C, head white dude in charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I added the N, so I, that well, was, I was technically like, head nigga white dude in charge. <laughs> I, know, I, was like, I was like, is he down? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he got the scripting. He was like, ah, oh, he's like, now's not the time. And he waited. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so funny because I, I, where. Did I hear them talking about how it was pushed to February because they didn't believe in it? But I think it was purposely pushed to February so it can be during Black History Month. Exactly. After yeah. hearing Feige wanting to wait, it basically he kind of was like, I want to drop this when it will be the most culturally relevant. Right. And I right. was like, 
Yeah, no, I, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, he was right. Like right now is probably like the peak time to drop it. It Definitely. was just like, oh man. Well, because right now it's like the movie to see. There's yeah. not other movies that just came out right. that everyone's like, and, and and I mean, as of this recording, two hundred million dollar budget. $491 million at the box office right what now. What I say. Crazy. Okay? People need to stop thinking <laughs> that all black people broke or they don't care about culture or they don't want to be seen. And at what point is like, do we have to just start trading our kidneys for movie tickets for people to start making our shit? Because mm-hmm. I think it was the same thing with Girls Trip. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, it was a another one where everyone's like, hit. wait a minute, do black women like movies? It's like, no one gets it. It's like, we only bootleg shit because it's not worth us seeing yeah. in the theaters. <laughs> when it's worth seeing in the theaters, we, we will, will pay oh, three times. Oh, it's been great because it really just struck all the chords within the black community. I'm getting all the teas. Like, the hoteps are out acting a fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Hoteps, I, I had to describe this before, but Hoteps are like these super pro-black dudes who think that they all came from Egypt. Mm-hmm. That, that That's the only dope part of Africa for some reason. <laughs> they don't respect women. They think, you know, they're one of those, their places in the kitchen. And, the, yeah. and you know, America's, the white man is trying to ruin backwards black families. <laughs> and they wear onks, wear a lot of patchouli oil. <laughs> uh, and they, oh yeah, and just my favorite Hotep take. Check out Yada. They say that menstruation is the white man's invention and that <laughs> if you follow their diet, you will stop having uh, periods. <laughs> wow. That is a hot take. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And honestly, I'm down to, to try. Oh my god, Aristotle's phone just started wow. screaming about menstruation. Yeah, he has a he has a yeah, he has a hotep. <laughs> so he's an undercover hotep, y'all. Dot. Aristotle's menstruation alert. (laughs) Phone's extremely responsive to talk of menstruation. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So if you were familiar with the comic books. Oh, yeah. Naomi? No, I wasn't. I love action movies. I do not actually like comic books. I've had to explain this to my fiancé, who's a comic hit, who who accidentally for my first birthday, no, not my first in life, there. Our first birthday together got me the Walking Dead compendium. Oh, man. Because I do love that show, but what I don't, I don't know what order to read the boxes in. And <laughs> it'll be like a full page, you know, like a spread of like a punch. And that's supposed to mean something for me. And it doesn't. Yeah. So I need it all in movie form. So I, so I did not know the comic going in. And so I was surprised. I mean, no, obviously I knew back when he appeared in the Avengers movie, obviously like where he was from, where it's supposed yeah. to be. But I guess what I didn't expect out of the movie, and I don't know if the comic was like this, was connecting it to actual present-day black culture. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was all going to be like Wakanda. Mm-hmm. We're gonna co- we're gonna hint at Africa without being specific, so that if we're wrong, no one's mad. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like I didn't think it was going to actually talk about kind of like these oh, yeah. fun. I guess that's what made it so good, right? Like the actual conflict at the center is a real conflict that is yeah. like has fucking shades of gray. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, normally man. it's like. We're good guys and we're bad guys. Right. Yeah. You killed someone, now you're a bad guy. <laughs> you know, like that's how a lot of the, you know, the yeah. freaking comic movies are. And this one was right. kind of like, I see both y'all points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a big thing with Killmonger. I was like, he's not going about it the right way, but like, I understand where he's coming from. Cause he's like, yeah. he's all about wanting to provide aid to the people who look like him all around the globe while Wakanda, like, sort of just kind of keeps their resources for themselves and all this stuff. And I was like, he's got a, he's got a point. He's just a bad guy about it. Yeah. And the level of like nuance in this movie too is like another thing where you're like, thank God this wasn't made in 92. There's like no. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No. 
I mean, even I've never been uh, particularly into comic books, uh, but it, even in like the past year, I feel like there's just been a few superhero movies that I've actually been interested in, like even seeing the trailer. Normally, if I see, you know, like whatever, like a, a Superman trailer, even like it just like doesn't do anything for me. It's like, OK, I feel like I know how this goes. But th- this is like a new kind of movie, this and Wonder Woman. And uh, I really like Thor Ragnarok. Uh, and there's comic book movies coming out that you don't need to be like hardcore into comic books from birth to enjoy because the movies are actually trying to like meet you and like connect with you and not just be like you were saying for the fan yeah yeah like good guy bad guy kind of cut and dry well if i can just dip into true nerdiness for a few seconds the reason i think the reason that marvel has seen so much mainstream success has been mostly because all the marvel directors tag a genre onto a movie i feel like early on superhero movies were superhero movies as if that's a genre that works but ant-man is a heist movie. Thor Ragnarok is a straight up comedy. You know, we're still working on a genre for Black Panther, but I think it is both a Shakespearean like royal battle for the mantle while also being like just a almost Spike Lee joint. I was about to say I Spike Lee like Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like Spike Lee, love his movies, love everything, you know, he does to a point, hate everything he says. <laughs> Like I can't, I can't get behind this guy f- pointing the finger at gentrification when the first check he got, he got up out of Brooklyn. He was like, "I'll see y'all. I'll, my office will be out here, so so y'all know I'm still down, but I'm in Upper Manhattan." <laughs> uh, should I do the recap? Let's do the recap. Yeah. And also, just uh, feel free to interrupt the recap at any time. Everyone, oh, yeah, no, if, always... if he will correct you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he is um, the actually, actually, uh, <laughs> if he's pushing his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, Black Panther takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, uh, sorry, MCU. MCU. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I learned God. from Iffy. <laughs> <laughs> In the fictional country of Wakanda, which is in, like, eastern Africa, the story centers around T'Challa. He's a Black Panther, which turns out is a power that he gets by drinking an herb, a purple heart-shaped herb, Mm -hmm. and it gives him heightened strength and ability and agility and all that stuff. His father has just died, which we see in the first movie that we actually see the Black Panther character in, in the MCU, which is Captain America... The one where there's Civil War. Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be good, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a good one? I'm a Winter Soldier solid. head. Yeah. I love me some Winter Soldier. Okay. This one was not, um, it did not move me as much. Yeah. I, the biggest problem, I think, with Civil War was when it happened in the comics, it was such a big, it was like a war between superheroes. So it was like insane. You, you, you're like, oh, these heroes are fighting. By the time it happened in the MCU, there just weren't that many characters. So it was just like a petty world star fight in an airport. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I think that was the biggest letdown for fans. But I think driving the story wise, it was very cool to see that kind of split between Cap and Iron Man. His his good friend Cap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Classic Cap. Uh, so we first meet um, Black Panther in that movie. Got it. So in this movie, we basically see his world. We see Wakanda. It's this futuristic, like, more advanced technology than anywhere else in the world because they have access to something called vibranium, which is a metal 
I think it's some substance. I love the yeah. name for like random superheroes. Because <laughs> like, they're very always into sort of, all their stones. I'm like, into all their stones, all their metals. Yeah, yeah all it was, their it's, herbs. it's like a precious super. It's one of the strongest metals in the world. Yeah. Uh, Is it an adamantium vibe? Uh, That's what it's Yeah, it's, 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 it's stronger. Like it's, it's and it's stronger. And it's worth a lot of money. And in this movie, it's established that it came to Earth from space. From so an I'm about to punch <laughs> out Jamie's computer. It's okay. <laughs> we talk about Black Panther. Whatever happened, she might have deserved it. <laughs> so they have access to vibranium and it's helped have them like cultivate this like super hyper advanced society but they're hiding in plain sight and the rest of the world thinks they're like this impoverished nation meanwhile uh we've got t'challa he's like about to do the ceremony where he is becoming king because his father died in the civil war movie so we meet his ex-girlfriend slash a spy named uh, Nakia. I aspire to be called ex-girlfriend slash spy. <laughs> that title I'd like to hold today. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we meet Okoye, the general of his army. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet Shuri, his sister. <laughs> and these are all characters that are sort of like advisors of his. Everyone's and hot. <laughs> everyone, everyone's beautiful. so beautiful. It's very distracting. <laughs> I swear to God, that movie hit me like, I got to do bar method, okay? Because that body is my birthright, okay? And I'm going to stray. And so, if I just focus up. <laughs> I've been to the gym every day since that movie. Like, straight up. It's been the biggest inspiration of in my life. And uh, when you see that hot bod, you just know you got to thank Michael B. Jordan for it. Matter of fact, tag him in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, we meet his kind of core group of people, his mother as well. Um, there's a character named uh, Wakabi, who is his pal. They do this like sort of ritualistic ceremony to have him become king mm. in which people have the opportunity to challenge him. And they're like, oh, if you want to be king, you can also try, but you have to kill him. <laughs> so it takes a, it's a bold move bold on anyone's yeah. part. Yeah. And there is one challenger. Mbaku from the Thick T H I C C. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, is it the Jaburi tribe? Jabari. Jabari. So he challenges him and loses. Uh, he doesn't die, though, because he comes back later. Because yeah. is T'Challa is a gracious king. He's a gracious king. Thank right. you. Also, here, I'll give you a little sound clip just for me. For too long, ah! we have watched from the mountains your technology. Ah! is overseen by a child. No longer. We will not have it. We will not have it, oh. From a king who couldn't even protect his father. And then you push in on that face. You know, you push in on T'Challa feeling that. Yeah, I'm uh, sweating. That was amazing. No, I'm having a full blown panic attack. That was so exciting. Naomi was, was, was dancing. It was, it was like excited. it came into his heart when he mm-hmm. when he spoke. It like made me tingle, and I found out after why. It was because it he spoke. Like well, yeah, with a, he spoke specifically with the Igbo yep. uh, inflection, which is the tribe that I'm from in Nigeria. And I'm Yoruba, oh, yeah. so, so we're kind of yeah. at odds. We'll yeah, fight yeah, to the death yeah. later. About we'll, we'll do that. We'll handle that. Do you know Opie? Uh-uh. Oh, he's Yoruba. So, yeah, we'll, we need we'll to connect. Yeah, do the connect. We, uh, we should just have an all Nigerian show. So. There's so many Nigerians, yeah, like, comedi- like, black comics who are Nigerian. Oh, man. It's like so crazy. many and disappointed also, like, parents. <laughs> like, just mad. <laughs> we did not come here for you to do comedy. <laughs> 
But yeah, so you so everyone who's Nigerian had that same response to Mbaku, and it's because yeah, that that wow. inflection. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, <sighs> okay, so back to the story. <laughs> okay, continue, Caitlin. This yeah, could take all day. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. So I'll, I'll try to get through this as fast as possible. So basically, he's on. He's becomes king. There's a villain named Claw, played by Andy Circus. Love also Andy Circus. surprisingly, T H I C C. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Andy, Andy Circus went from Gollum to Zaddy. Like, I was like, he, I was like, he had the like, he had that like, I'm down with black people haircut. <laughs> I was like, okay, All right, he could roll with the crew. <laughs> Love Andy Circus. So Andy Circus's character Claw stole a bunch of vibranium from Wakanda years and years ago, which is another part that I forgot to mention. So we open the movie. It's in Oakland. Sterling K. Brown, which I think is crucial to establishing yes. your power as a black film. Okay, if you're going to be a black film, if you are going to be trying to lift us up, if you don't open with Sterling, it's not real. And I think that was important. I don't know when they decided to do that casting, you know? Right. This is us, episode one, I don't know. And they were like, we got to get him in here. You know what I mean? To just establish that we ain't playing. <laughs> Right. I hope it was like not at the very beginning, but then someone like raised their hand. They're like, you know, it would really start us off. Exactly. That's what I wonder with all of it, too. Like even Daniel Kaluuya. Right. Because obviously we know him from Get Out, but he's such a popular actor. Like I'm like, where did he come in the process? Was oh, yeah. it like right. one of those things where it was like, OK, hurry up, get his ass in here. But I know it takes like two years to make these movies. When was this movie shot? before I feel like this and Get Out maybe were shot around the same time because of how long these movies I don't know yeah I'm not sure what like I wonder if, if, if I can start a conspiracy theorist please I do. know please. that uh, my buddies Aaron Covington who co-wrote Creed with Coogler mm-hmm. uh, is friends with Phil Jackson who got an early draft of Get Out <gasps> to like take a pass on it wow. so uh, my theory is that Coogler somehow got to see an early <laughs> early mm. cut was like uh, Oh, uh, that's okay. that's my Wakabi right there. Yeah, that probably like, did not dude. happen, but let's just say it did. <laughs> I'm willing oh, to fully buy it, into that. Yeah. yeah, I believe it though. It does feel like exciting, at least that this young black oh, generation yeah. is bigger. I feel like there's a right like older black actors. There were legit ten of them, and they all get all the awards. And it does feel like at least they're more young people now, kind mm-hmm. of to choose from. If that makes any sense, because mm-hmm. I always felt like there could be only one. Also, technically, there's two Black Mirror actors in this because you remember Kaluuya was in Black Mirror. Yeah. Wait, what episode is he was, he was the uh, the American Idol one. Oh my God. Yeah. I totally forgot yeah. about that episode. Yeah. And then and then Lita, she was in the f- season finale. Right. right. Yeah. Yes, I saw that one and I yeah. remember that one. I was like, what do I recognize yeah. the actors from? Was and that was it. Okay, so... Uh, okay, you're still trying to take us through the movie from top to bottom. All right, Caitlin. Caitlin's like, minute 12. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, my guess is, like, people won't even need the recap because they will have just... I mean, we're gonna we're, we're spoiling everything. I know, I'm like, you so... Everyone, hopefully, has seen this. Yeah, yeah. so if you haven't seen it... You've had a week. Pause you need the episode. To fucking look within, it. okay? Yeah, no, yeah. you need to seek treatment. Okay, right. if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go to therapy. Call. Just go to therapy. pro tip for anything on the internet. Don't listen to any podcast with a title of a movie you haven't seen yet if you don't want spoilers. We're living in a post-movie past culture. Like, if you haven't seen it, exactly. figure it out. So uh, so back to Sterling, uh, Sterling K. Brown's so character, who, oh my God. We're back at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most handsome man I've ever seen in my life. It's unbelievable. Oh, is he your number one? He's like right up there. Okay. Okay. I'm a big fan. So he gets visited by King T'Chaka in 1992. And he's like, oh, this bad guy stole our vibranium and you helped him. And then we see flashbacks throughout the movie about that interaction. 
oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Iffy, okay, for the listeners, okay? Iffy very subtly and surreptitiously pulled out his cell phone to show a picture of his ass with Sterling K. Brown. And another strong black man looking just like the goddamn chocolate drop, a musical group that I would be following. Casual AF, best friends, all eyes to camera, cherishing this moment. If he just casually like flexed in Caitlyn's face, my boy. That's what great pit. Yeah. Wow. Where? Wow. Where? Yeah. Oh what my gosh. So, circumstances? So that- <laughs> Set it up. So my boy Echo. Oh, Echo Kellum. Yeah, Echo Kellum, who is in Black. Uh, um, I was going to say Black Light. Arrow. Arrow. Yeah. And so he was like, "Hey, you want to go to a party with me?" And I was like, "All right, yeah, I'll finish." I'm going to make friends with your black friends. Yeah. Okay, continue. And he was like, <laughs> and then he was like, "Yeah, it's the EW SAG party." I was like, "I'm." I like. <laughs> it was like a smoke cloud, and I just run home, throw on a suit, and it's at Chateau Mormont. And I was like, okay, oh, this shit. might be like some like whatever party. Yeah. But of course, I step Free in, snacks. and all our favorite black stars, Brian Tyree Henry <gasps> from Atlanta, first dude I see, I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh, the black kid from Stranger Things in there. Oh, all no the black shit. kids from He's Blackish. So oh, it was like, it was like, man, it was a lot of dope blacktivity going on in there. <laughs> and I walk outside, and I look to the right, and it was Sterling K. Brown and I was like okay because my wife is in love with him I was like yo I gotta take a pic with you for a while he was like yeah of course it's no humility and grace Caitlin just all three of us got pregnant. Of course he's nice. And then of course he does the classic uh, black someone taking a picture for us joke of make sure the flash is on so you can get all this blackness. Yes. (laughs) And so we got a picture and I was mad hyped. I was good for like the rest of the night. Right. I was like, all right, Uh, cool. uh, You have to back that up, okay? Back that up onto your hard drives. (laughs) Yeah. You know, put that in the cloud. Get make sure people have that. Print out copies. We'll put it on. We'll tweet Instagram. it. We'll tweet it. Yeah. We'll tweet it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we just need this picture out there. Oh, I'm going to send it to Caitlin right now Thank to make sure you tweet it. Um, so as you were saying about Sterling K. Brown right, and seeing so one the, of the so films. the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> I will, I will say it. My, my number one crush in this movie is Winston Duke. Yes. I, oh, yeah. You know oh I love God. a thick man. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's so he handsome. Is, I was just like, oh. There he is. That's there. and I love when he has these little like humor moments. Oh, yeah. he's all it's like, really I'm good. a little funny. I'm a little funny. You know, cheeky. You. That has been Team my Martin. feed for like since the movie was released. It was like, if you got to do Mbaku cosplay, if you got to do Mbaku. <laughs> like every day, someone's been like, if you got to be Mbaku. I was like, look, <laughs> my beard game is not good at all. Like, I, I'm sorry that to break it to y'all, so I'm going to have to get Beijing all over my face. Well, it was so funny to see the black beard game. You know oh, what I mean? Man. A couple homies were a little patchy up in there, <laughs> and I was like, honestly, appreciate your bravery. <laughs> but I was like, please speak truth. Okay, don't be filling yeah. that shit in. Show the reality yeah. Okay, of a Nubian beard. <laughs> I was very there for the oh, patch. <laughs> Okay, oh, being right. beer is beautiful. Cat. Oh, <laughs> I'm sweating again. Okay. So, hasn't gotten past her. <laughs> so there's a subplot where T'Chaka and his brother, Stern K. Brown's character, Njobu, he betrays. Good, thank you. I'm. I'm doing, doing best. very good. Um, this is like a Caucasian nightmare. So many African names <laughs> yeah. to say in succession. So, um, so he betrays the then king, and uh, he gets murdered for it later on. We find out. 
But he has a son who is a kid in this uh, in 1992 and grows up to be Eric Killmonger, the main villain of the movie. And he comes back. First, he kills Claw. He seems to be working with him. And we're like, what's this all about? Because he helps him steal some vibranium from this museum. And we're just like, what's going on? What's happening here? But then he kills Claw and he takes him back to Wakanda basically to use as leverage and be like, hey, I'm one of you. I'm Wakandan. I want to be your king. Yeah. And they're like, what? Who are you? And he's like, uh, I'm the son of Njobu, and I'm fucking like, let me do this. Yeah. Hey, auntie, is the uh, greatest yeah. oh. line of any fucking movie. Just, just, to, just to clear up the leverage part. So Wakabi, who is T'Challa's confidant, his parents were killed in the attack that where Claw stole the vibranium. So he, when he went on the mission to capture Claw, he didn't get it, and Wakabi is pissed. But then Michael B. brings him Claw's body. So now Wakabi's like, uh, Chitala's my old friend. My new best friend is <laughs> Killmonger. Yes. So he comes in, brings him in, and once again, another sound bite from, from this scene. Everyone's like, everyone's like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? So just so you know, the tension building, and, and then Michael B. Jordan asked T'Challa to say his name, and he's like, no, I won't. And then one of the the, the River Tribe dude with the huge-ass disc is like, who are you? Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I'm in Dejaka, sucking new Joby. I found my daddy with panther marks in his chest. I'm here to enact my birthright for a seat at the throne. <laughs> Oh, and the music uh, is picking up. It's it like I'm, I'm like dabbing in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that moment was incredible. It was, it was so, so fucking. Literally, "Hey, Auntie" is the greatest oh, fucking yeah. line of yes. any movie, and it was just like, I don't know. It was just brilliant. I think he just did such a did such a great job of straddling both those worlds yeah. you know, as that person, and then kind of wanting to be. The Wakandan King, yeah, but it was just oh my the, God, the use brilliant. of music in this movie is like killer too. Because mm. with a lot of superhero movies, I feel like it gets kind of lazy, mm-hmm. where it's just like a slow swell of strings when someone's saying something. But oh, this, yeah. like, it's it's like exciting. It's You're powerful. in it the whole oh. fucking yeah. time. It's I get quick sidebar. It is uh, Ludwig Göransson who yeah. does the score. Who you may know from Community and Happy Endings oh, or new Creed, girl. Yeah. Uh, New Girl. And uh, Childish Gambino, really? he did Redbone. Uh, yeah, oh, no kidding. yeah, he did Redbone, and he also did some stuff with Haim too. Oh, so hi. I've listened to the score. I'm, I'm like a scorehead. Like my before this, my <laughs> favorite real scorehead. Yeah, yeah. Before this, my favorite scores were uh, Interstellar, and I actually liked the end of Tour. Uh, like very like oh, ambient, cute score. <laughs> this one, I've never heard a score like this in my life because he uses bass like rappers use bass mm. which is too much but <laughs> just enough you know and it is like that same kind of like very uplifting very traditional score but mixed in with hip hop beats and African drums mm-hmm. flutes chants mm-hmm. and it's like it really is like nothing you've never heard if yeah. he doesn't win Oscars for this score your boy is gonna be like he was two seconds before we found out it was actually Moonlight <laughs> <laughs> La La Land, what the? Oh, oh my god! It was, it was very. I, I was lost it. Cussing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm almost done. So, so we've got. <laughs> Are you? Yes. So Eric Killmonger challenges T'Challa for the throne. They have their sort of ritualistic combat thing. T'Challa appears to have been defeated. We think that oh, he dies. It is terrifying. And. 
I just want to point out this fun fact. So in this scene, <laughs> when he dies, this actually isn't a fun fact about the story, but the fun fact of my second viewing experience. <laughs> I was with this uh, white lady next to me who was watching it as if she was possessed by a black person. <laughs> like, it was like watching a movie with my mom, seriously. But in that scene where he throws him off the waterfall and he dies, she leans over to me and goes, I don't think he's dead. <laughs> It's like, oh, you think? <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> they didn't kill the protagonist yeah. in the movie. <laughs> she was so confident <laughs> and completely oh, genuine. That's cute. That's adorable. <laughs> Mom, pull uh, it. <laughs> so he dies, we assume. Killmonger takes over the throne. He's like, we're going to send out, we're basically going to incite war all over the world and give vibranium to the like, weapons specifically, the vibranium yeah, weapons. The weapons to black people over the world, basically, so that they can fight their oppressors. And everyone's like, oh, actually, that doesn't really sound like that great of an idea. And then Nakia, the queen, and Shuri all are like, hey, we should go to Umbaku and be like, maybe you should be the new Black Panther. And he's like, actually, I found your old one right here. <laughs> and so T'Challa comes back, saves the day. There's this huge epic battle at the end. Oh, that lady in the movie theater was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. well, he was not. There. Part of how he's able to come back is because, so when Michael B. becomes king, of course, the first thing he does is destroy the purple herb that can give the man the power of the Black Panther. Right. Now, because, you know, Lupita is straight up spying on her, okay? Yeah, I she coming through spy. a damn hole in the wall. <laughs> she get herself a little dab of herb and is like, for the road. And so, when they find Black Panther, mm-hmm. the true Black Panther, they're able to grind up that herb that she stole, you mm-hmm. know, using the last of it, basically. Right. Um, and then bring Which him back. Which makes me really worried for Wakanda. So, after this movie, well, all the, it's gone. Well, see, that's what was so curious to me, because, like, in comic book lore... Because the, and they touch on it, the spirit of the Black Panther. It is a spirit that imbues you. So I wonder if they're going to introduce that because in the comics, the way Shuri was, because Shuri in the comics eventually becomes yeah, the Black back. Panther <gasps> and she takes over and becomes the queen. And then, but Black so Panther is still cool. Black Pantherin, but all around the world. And the way it exists is because the spirit, Black Panther imbues Shuri with like the spirit of life and. T'Challa, the spirit of death. It's mm, very cool. Okay. Uh, it, it's awesome. way cool. And I do like the idea of Shuri becoming queen. Like, I... Yeah. Whew, yes. uh, that... Um, I hope that happens in but, the uh, movie. Just oh, for another soundbite, you know, this this oh, when please, he takes dude. the please recreate it, when, take he, us there. when he takes the the herb, you know, yes, he, he he's he goes to the plains of the ancestors and he sees his dad and his dad's like his dad's way too chill with his son just being murked. Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> come on, it's time to come back. Yeah, come hang with us now. And then he shakes, and this is all in uh, Wakandan, which is actually Josha Rosha. Uh, huh. uh, yeah, I wonder uh, what Wakanda yeah, was. Yeah, when I was, was watching, I was very I was like, "This is an actual language." Yeah, this is Zosha made up from South Africa. So that's why, fun fact, even though this was very lightly mentioned, the casino scene. You remember when she's like, "Stand down," and like yeah. the dude's like, "Hey." It wasn't because she was loud. It was because that guy was South African, and I saw that because there's a scene breakdown that. Coogler does, but we could talk about that later. Oh my god, uh, I love all these inside but, tips, hot uh, takes, inside info. Oh yeah, no, I'm, we're gonna get deep when I talk. About <laughs> but so he goes and he sees his father, and he's like, "Why? <laughs> Why?" And he's like, "We had to do what we did to protect Wakanda, but he, you, he was a child. You left him behind. I have to go back and stop." 
a monster of our own making. <laughs> I have to stop him. I can't come back. And then he comes back like Jesus. <laughs> Chills. Oh, God. I was like, I was there. Chadwick. God, I didn't know you guys got Chadwick for this. That's, a, that's an impressive recall for three times. Yeah. See, that's, I oh. expect no less for that three times. Shit, you better be quoting it. <laughs> I got a bad memory. I was like, I could, I could go and just be like, "Wow, this movie's pretty good." <laughs> okay, so we're. Th- I think we're through the recap. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, yeah, then he comes. And, yeah, and then he comes back and he and he kills Michael B. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. On an oh. actual underground railroad. So we got to give our laugh uh, last sound bite. So. We- <laughs> So he kills them with a cool move. They they're fighting down. Uh, you find out that they're railroad. able to. They they have the underground railroad. That's a That's funny. That's where thing. they were fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yo, and you know that probably was on. Purpose. Oh, you know. Uh, so they're fighting on this underground railroad where they turn down vibranium so that it they deactivate it so that they can transfer it at the speeds that the trains move at. Mm-hmm. So when they do it, they basically turn off all their protection. Right. So they're fighting. They're going in. They're having the whole monologue. Uh, T'Challa does this kick-ass move where he knocks the blade up and he stabs him in the chest. And then he's like wheezing because he has a <laughs> knife in his chest. He's like, my dad told me Wakanda has the best sunsets. He told me he'd bring me here someday. You believe that? A kid from Oakland believing in fairy tales. And at this point in the theater, I'm like, not dead. And then uh, he takes him up to see the sunset. And he's like, it's beautiful. Oh, we're dead. Uh, we're in the, it just tears everywhere. You're Sniffle City. And then he's like, we can we, kill you. He's like, there's probably time to save you. He's like, nah, just bury me in the oceans. Because my ancestors knew that death was a better fate than bondage. And he pulls out, and he's like, <gasps> and does a slow draw. My God. Draw. Oh. I mean, honestly, I was waiting for a slave ship reference. Yeah. And the fact that it came at the end, you know, in a way, it was unexpected. By that point, by the time I heard it, I said, wow, wow, you caught me off guard. Oh, I've been waiting for it. Um, and it was so perfectly timed. Yes. Oh, so perfectly God. timed. Oh, Man, sniffle, city. Oh, sniffle City. Sniffle City. Yeah, that's what there. it was. Yeah. <laughs> One way ticket to Sniffle City. <laughs> I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back from Snip. <laughs> and final teeniest recap. And then Wakanda opens, basically opens its borders, reveals themselves to the UN, and they open in Oakland, where his father killed uh, his uncle. He turns. He's going to turn it to a Wakandan outreach center, and uh, Shuri's going to head it up with Nakia. And it's a very beautiful scene where a kid's called the Wakanda spaceship a spaceship Bugatti, uh, which, which, when I was in a black theater, killed. Mostly white theater did not get it at all. Like, but I still thought that was still like a little. But I was like, okay, I get it. You want people to know you have stuff. I don't think you should land your spaceship here. Okay, I think you keep spaceships to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, purposely the whole time, the whole yeah. time. Let them know you got a little bit of a, a little metal. Uh, but never let them know you have a spaceship. I think you can never let them know you've got a spaceship. I was like, oh shit. Uh, but you know what? Yeah. Honestly, no, you, put yourself out there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, so, I'm in such a good mood. Yeah. This is such a good <laughs> okay. So before I saw this movie, I didn't know anything about the comic books. wasn't familiar with the story. So I was not expecting this movie 
to do so well in terms of its portrayal of women. Well, because we don't expect superhero movies to do well with women ever. Right. Y'all don't know about how black people do, okay? (laughs) Right. We have no choice because our culture has killed and or incarcerated so many men that black women are in control of the home lives for so many people anyway. So if you tell most black stories, it's going to be a woman kind of running things to some capacity. So then when they went the African route, you know what I mean? Because they were based on real, I don't know what the tribe was. The yeah, Dora Milaje? Yeah, like an yeah. actual... Yeah, that they, they are part of the comics. But also, like, Coogler himself has been very... So I guess I'll, like, go more into the, the part where I saw Coogler talk, which it was the first time I've seen Coogler talk. When was this? Before the movie, you mean? No, this was after. And he okay, does a Vanity okay. Fair uh, scene breakdown, and he breaks down the casino fight scene. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, Ooh, and only you get 31? Yeah. And, the, oh, God, now I'm going to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm having my God. Uh, yeah, I got a year to make my Black Panther. Uh, so don't worry, y'all. But yeah, and it, what's, what I love about Coogler is he doesn't code switch. He is the most yeah. Oakland-sounding dude ever. He's like, so in this breakdown, he's like, all right, so like I had it with a spear right here. <laughs> and it's like, but like, I you know, he's it. very intelligent. And it was cool yeah. to scroll down the YouTube comments and everybody be like, this guy's a genius. Because it's like, wow, we can speak how we speak and don't right. feel the need to wipe it up right uh, you know me and naomi are I'm still not up familiar. Ship, exactly. ship, I'm not familiar with we, that. we just we sound like this at all times uh, <laughs> i i grew up in compton and was constantly asked why i talk white <laughs> it's like, oh it's because my father's people were uh colonized by the british <laughs> and he has no he, he knows no other way to teach me uh, but he very much like uh i was doing the second team podcast with cody ziggler who saw his student film that he did where it was called uh i think the cut or the haircut and it's about this man with dreads and he's walking to the barbershop and he's like seeing all these other black men with dreads and they're dapping each other up and he goes and he sits down he cuts his hair and then the reveal at the end is that he cuts his hair because his little sister has cancer and got chemo and he's doing it to match her and he was talking about how like within that he's exploring like your blackness being attached to your hair and all this but also like the uplifting and supporting women within that like story and I feel like Coogler's always kind of had a mind to do that Mm. and just and I feel like this movie I mean y'all will tell me better than I would know (laughs) he he really went all out because but I'm gonna let y'all do y'all thing yeah (laughs) I mean Honestly, that's really brave of you as a man. The way, the way you stepped back, you know, and we're ready to listen. Look, I'm just trying to be more like Agent Ross. He <laughs> to take his cues from the... Okay, honestly, didn't you feel like... I thought the best thing... I thought Martin Freeman's caucasity was utilized yeah. to great effect. Yeah. I thought it was great comedic effect. It wasn't too heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. We yeah. didn't have this moment where it was like, I'm an African garbs now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He never did that thing. Yeah. I had one family member on Facebook where it was like, well, I love the movie except for the white savior. They yeah. had to have the... But I was like, okay, honey, they pretty much gave him a task to do yeah. where a black girl walked him through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It wasn't like it wasn't, he like, it was, fixed I, it. I literally had the same conversation with someone today where he's like, I still find he was kind of white saviorish. I was like, how? Everything he did, he was commanded to do. <laughs> I was like, right. he couldn't like, have done it himself. Yeah. No, like, I, yeah. He, no. he literally was begging for advice from a black woman <laughs> like the whole time. Like, I, I don't know what to do. And that's, I think, is the beauty of it is like him being like, I, I don't, tell me, tell me, yeah. please. Yeah. And Shuri, while in the middle of a fight is walking Thank this dude. You. Yeah, she's she's multitasking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the first things I wanted to say, 
So all of T'Challa's warriors mm. are women. They are bald women, so that passes the Loftus test. Yes. Baldest <laughs> woman in charge. Yes. Um, oh, baldest woman in charge? Is that yes. your test? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. So the people that he's relying on to protect him, his life is in their hands. They're all women. We never see that sort of thing where, like, the warriors are women. I was like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. And they're not like repeatedly asked to, as I feel like they kind of often are in action movies, asked to prove themselves. Like we meet them, they're very capable, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing, and it's never called into question where I feel like a lot of movies ask its female protagonist to prove themselves to the male protagonist before they can start doing stuff. Right. So that was like amazing. Yeah, it seems that T'Challa and pretty much all the men in the entire country like respect all women like it Wakanda seems like it's like a gender equality utopia Fem- that was the most magical pl- thing about it yeah. I was like fuck the vibranium <laughs> you know what I'm saying I was like wow sisters doing it for themselves yeah, <laughs> yeah feminist icon Wakanda <laughs> is what's happening half of the tribal elders are women mm-hmm. um, at least half of T'Challa's closest advisors are women because he's got Nakia Okoye and Shuri and he's also got a few others like like um, Wakabi and Zori, but like so many of the scenes in this movie are him and like two or three women just fighting and kicking ass and like getting the job done. Yeah. yeah. You never see that. It's usually the opposite. It's like a ton of men and maybe a woman and often not even a single woman. Yeah, like well, maybe one woman who has to prove herself and make out with someone by the end. <laughs> right. Or it's like when she does have a skill, if she's not obviously the superhero like Scarlett Johansson's character, I forget her name, mm-hmm. but if it is a woman who like suddenly she kicks someone and is able to save it, you know, and it's always yes. like a surprising moment. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you could do that. You know, like that, it's used for that usually. Yeah. And I and felt then, like... Oh, then, sorry. Then the male protagonist is like, yeah, that's because you're near my hard dick. Like, that's why <laughs> being near my hard dick made you suddenly capable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. But uh, what I was going to say is I feel like Kugler also made a real good point to say, like, these women are just as capable. Like, if we look at the Korean uh, chase scene, Black Panther oh. is on the car and then who else Ooh. but Okoye, she gets on the car now and she's yeah. mm-hmm. fucking shit up I just as much. I lost my mind. So Literally, sad. I was holding hands with my betrothed and <laughs> whenever Denai Gurira did anything, I would squeeze his hand. I was I was overcome. I had um, sexuality and power to release, uh, but we were in a public space. She, I'm telling you, on the fucking top of that car, spear through the hood, red dress flying, yeah. I was dead. And you know I said this before we started. It's like, literally, Denai Guerrero, she had to put in her fucking eight years as Michonne. Yeah. Okay. To get hers. And I was like, I mean, even when she was Michonne, she was amazing. But I was like, oh, yeah, you've been like killing people with a spear for eight years. So now you get to do it yeah. for Marvel. And it was just like, so she didn't have to wear them them locks, them yeah. that wig. It was like, girl, like she just was fucking free and killing them. I, oh my God. And when she threw her wig. Oh man. I oh. Her wig was very empowering. It spoke to me as a black woman. Honestly, by the end, I, when I was done, I was like, I gotta grow my hair out. Okay, <laughs> go back to natural hair. Do the bar method. Connect with my estranged African father. Uh, those are the things I took away from that movie. So fun facts about the casino scene since we're oh, talking I about love it. Fun facts. Wig wig throw was in the first draft and he was like, We kept it the whole time. We loved it. That Hell was yeah. our favorite Hell thing. Yes. So uh also he said that in that fight scene, he wanted to play with femininity versus uh, you know, functionality or something. He's a way smart thing that he says <laughs> that I'm fucking up. But also here's some cool fun facts about it. 
about the color theory in that scene. So uh, Denai Guerrero's wearing red, Lupita's wearing green, mm-hmm. and Black Panther's wearing black. That was on purpose because that's the Pan-African flag. Yes. Klaus wearing blue because that's the color of, mm. of colonization of the colonizer that he said, who's wearing blue throughout the whole movie, our boy Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Um, the action scene where she's spinning the spear around her neck to fight those guys, mm. that wasn't a stunt double. That was actually Denai Guerrero. Yes, it was Eight and, but yeah, he wanted to play with the idea of using like, you know, lethal femininity, which is why he specifically wanted the part where Lupita takes her heel off and hits the guy. Mm, and so yeah. like he really and he said, like, you know, when that guy grabs her and she like kicks his ass, he said he wanted to explore that because, you know, the unwanted touch and like really defending yourself, especially in Wakanda, where like, you know, that shit doesn't like fly. So he, he was very like to hear him talk about it and v- be very conscious about like. Like just Female like he, the, yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to have females kicking ass, you know, just like dudes. We're just going to put, a, you know, just replace a dude character, make it a female. Like mm. he very, he was very conscious yeah. about like okay. what it mean, the message and how it looked. That's awesome. God so, damn it, Coogler. Uh, I know. 31. Oh. Yeah. 31. Oh, Where do you find the time to get smart? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let, like, he, he let us know. <laughs> went to SAC and then he went to grad school in USC. Oh, does he have a master's degree? I, like a certain someone we know who does have a master's degree in screenwriting from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hate wait, to bring it up. What's your oh, exact the... birthday? My exact birthday? Yeah. <laughs> and her social? No, what like, asking? The, oh, what's your pin number? Because no. we might be the same age. Uh, right, because you're May, May 17th. He's May 23rd. <gasps> oh, my You guys are born the God. same week. I'm older God. than him by, what, Six days? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I have to pass away. Wow. <laughs> I always get so excited when someone's born within a few days. I'm like, yeah, we have I nothing. I contacted someone. <laughs> like, when, you just... when's, when's your birthday? My birthday is August 18th, 92. Oh. And Wait, I contacted. 92? I have to leave. I'm sorry. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Why did you tell me this shit before I got here? <laughs> 92? One of the girls from the school of rock is was born on the same exact day as me, mm-hmm. and we're like, and I like contacted her. I was like, I have to find you. Like, we were born under the same moon. And I was like, got really into it. That's a good way to start any email. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the next thing I want to say is that um, all of the main characters who are women in this movie are given an incredible skill set. So we've yes. got Shuri is a woman in STEM. Mm-hmm. She, black woman in STEM. Black woman in STEM. She is the designer of all of Black Panther's like technology, and it seems like most of the technology in the entire city. Like yeah. she's like the yeah. head well, engineer. Also, like, I, here's a question though: She's supposed to be a child prodigy, right? Because she literally—I know in real life she's 23 or 24. Yeah, she looks 15. I think she's how old is she supposed to, to be? Like like a, a teenager. I think she's supposed to be like 15 or 16. Yeah. Oh, really? She is yeah. supposed to be, okay, a teen, yeah. a, a, yeah. a teen genius. She okay, registered to checking. me as like early 20s. Uh, it's, it says on the official page 16. Oh, shit. Yeah. Character. Wow, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I love their relationship, Her the brother-sister relationship. It's so <laughs> nice. I hear Chadwick knew right away she was the one. But as soon as like they met, she was like, doing Little Sister Roast and he was like this is the one this is the one I was like wow so that's Shuri then we've got Nakia she is a spy 
like an international girlfriend slash spy. Right, right, right. <laughs> and a competent fighter. She's very good at fighting. Very she good does fighting. not want to be queen. She's yeah. like, I have a calling, okay? Like, you cute and all, but I got shit to do. Exactly. She That's was... Bechtel. That's A++. Plus plus. Yeah. <laughs> right? Was the whole point? For sure. Like, she, the fact that she's given a desire beyond just, like, wanting to be with T'Challa is, like, we never see that in superhero movies. Right. And, and I mean, just, like, based on how women are portrayed in media in general, where you're, you know, it's like you're aspiring to the princess role. You're aspiring to be royalty all the time to see someone reject that and be like actually I have yeah. this thing that I'm really good at that I want to be doing like that that is huge totally because it's like you're rejecting the first thing you're taught as a little kid of like yeah you want to be a princess probably right mm-hmm. yeah right right and she's like no thanks I gotta go fix the world and she's like, he's yeah. like okay 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 what about if I like helped you fix the world yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> like, that's what I was I mean, gonna she say fucking like, the he compromised for yeah. her yeah. like he's yeah. like I please please I need you <laughs> Um, and then Okoye she's the general of T'Challa's army and she's someone says the greatest warrior in all of Wakanda like she so it's these these, like three completely badass women who are given agency and skills and desires that relate to the male hero but they are their own women they exist outside of the male characters yes yeah 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 with their own journeys I thought the only the only part of it and you tell me like was I could have used and I'm sure it just got cut. Even though the movie did not feel long, they could have put it back in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Wakabi and Okoye together. Because you hear them say like my love twice, mm-hmm. but you don't actually like see that relationship. Right. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, I yeah. appreciate the fact that we did not see a kiss until the very end of that movie and we were letting romance run things, but I think it would have ha- it would have helped it even be more impactful just to because she is this warrior person, what would that have looked like for her in a romantic setting? Like what right. if in any way does she let her bald hair down you know what I mean like how does that look if that happens you know I just would have loved to see that second so that then too when she did because I thought too because like you hear him say it and at that moment at the end I was like I mean I mean Bechtel hello he was like would you kill me she was like yeah bitch yeah I'll kill you I was like Um, "Mm -hmm, that is accurate yeah I just looked at that as because remember this movie was the original cut was four hours long oh was it yeah so so I'm like all right, that was part of the hour that was cut okay (laughs) okay oh my gosh extended version I'm probably going to see that 20 times yeah (laughs) but it was still under like it was still like 210 or something I remember thinking I was because I was supposed to meet someone I was like oh I'm not going to get out for like Two hours and forty five minutes, and then I was done in like two fifteen, two twenty with previews. So I was like, "Oh wow, this is very streamlined and still had all the turns it had, yeah. right?" For right. Michael B coming in and fighting him, and then taking over, then getting unseated, yeah. and de- and it was still like right and tight. And I said, "Well, then no other movie has any excuse." Yeah, right. give me give me right. that uh, director's cut. I mean, <laughs> because also like I'm surprised that the stuff Disney let fly, like when he was like. All people come from here, aren't they? All your people I'm like, oh, this ain't like people you? do the fucking everybody from Africa back. I, like, I thought that would definitely be cut out. It you was know? way blacker than I thought. Yeah, I really was like, wow, they did this. They did this, okay? Excessive shoulder shake. Also, what was cool too is like, you know, they they, uh, and I'm pretty pretty sure they couldn't do it because of the PG thirteen level. But having Klaus say savages versus niggers because you knew he meant it like that mm-hmm. every time he said he was like, they're savages. 
But, uh, <laughs> but part of me was like, mm, you, you need to be dropping that hard R for me to really feel this, what you're trying to get me to feel. Oh, really? See, yeah. I thought the Savages, it was that like old school, colonial, this is why we deserve to take this. Ooh. They're animals. Ooh, that's a nice They're take. That's a nice take. So I was like, See, that was uh, part of my Tarantino brain. I was like, oh man, they should say <laughs> nigger and more feet, more feet. Have not enough feet. Whoa, can I see Okoye's feet? <laughs> I need to see Okoye's feet. Uh, for the love of God, more feet. I mean, that has been the main criticism. <laughs> Black Panther, not enough. Not enough that one feet. Rotten Tomatoes review. I know, we're in Africa. <laughs> we know they don't wear one. shoes. Where are the feet? Wait, we do see T'Challa's feet, though. He has yeah, those yeah, yeah, sandals. Yeah. Oh, by the way, oh, that okay. was the only okay. kind of like, my nigga, you got African feet. Like Those were the most African feet. I was, I was like, like, oh, am I looking at my dad's feet? Oh, I mean, between the beard work and the feet, I said, this is a true story. This is a documentary. <laughs> Ryan Coogler's pulling no punches. Oh my god! Those feet. I'm like, y'all couldn't even dress them up a little bit, man. I, I see that. That's that's. Look, I know how my feet look. If they're like, if we're gonna show CGI it, CGI I know, my feet. I would definitely say I need a foot double. <laughs> Very real. Okay, I have been known to scratch up Andy's little leg in the night. Okay, I have an African heel. Okay, it takes extra work. I don't always put it in, so I get it. Yeah. I really liked that we got to see Wakanda like in all of its because uh, one of the things that bothered me about for all the things I liked about Wonder Woman is that we don't get to see the world that our hero comes from a lot and well, it's such the, uh, and the it's Themyscira yeah. is that how you say it? yeah that was something that I was worried about going into this movie is like oh we're, we're going to be introduced to Wakanda and I had to do research into the comic books to know what I was uh, like setting myself up for because I was like there is this huge world that we're going into and I'm worried that we'll barely get to see it but I felt like it was like for the relatively short runtime like it was like fully realized Mm -hmm. fully explored and we got to like see it because I mm-hmm. because so often I feel like we start with like 20 minutes of origin story and then we're out and we're in like Toronto for right. two hours or right. some shit it was exciting. well they shot it right in South Korea South Africa and then randomly some Atlanta Georgia yeah stuff. Um, and I love the way they use Georgia for like or yeah not Atlanta per se but like Georgia in general is like you know mm-hmm. kind of dusty kind of dirty and can really double as a lot of places <laughs> but it was like I could tell I started I was like oh they're in actual Africa you know what I mean or mm-hmm. or even if they were just establishing shots it did like make all that stuff feel you know this is beautiful more resonant. it was Scorch. so cool Scorch. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna t- i'm gonna connect with my strange father yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw black panther and thought maybe you know we should talk um make sure you lead with yeah the- <laughs> oh no i'm gonna tell him exactly why yeah. i'm not gonna lead him to believe that he's done something right. <laughs> like ryan coogler brought us together <laughs> <laughs> One of the very few kind of like gripes I have with this movie is that I think that the queen character was a little, un- I don't know if underwritten, but like I kind of wish she had more of a stance on things more or just do. like more to Angela do. Angela Bassett? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Angela Bassett. You always right. want Angela Bassett to have more to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she's a mom. It's like, okay. Uh, there, yeah, that was kind of like a cut like and dry it. maternal... But I hope, I mean, now that I know that there's a four-hour cut of this movie, I'm like, really? how much Angela Bassett hit the cutting room floor? Oh, man. She had to leave so much for that new show, 911. Oh, yeah. Which I, I, look, I, I want to get into it. I want to surprise, but I'm like, there's no way Angela Bassett is ever going to play blue collar for me. I'm like, I'm that sorry, is- get out of here. No, why is this queen in a cop uniform? She's get elegant. Her out. She's elegant, yeah. 
So we touched on this already a little bit, but there are countless scenes where women are kicking ass, assisting Black Panther in whatever mission they're on. Like like we said, it's usually him and then several women. So there's like the scene very early on in Nigeria. T'Challa shows up. He interrupts. I think it's a mission that Nakia is on. I don't know if it has to do with like human trafficking or it something. Seems like yeah, it was like human trafficking. Kind of yeah. yeah. So but she's trying to put an end to that. He kind of, he like shows up and he's like, my dad's dead. Please come to my ceremony. And she's like, you ruined my mission. But um, <laughs> a fight breaks out. But before that, Okoye was like, you're going to see her and you're going to freeze. He's like, no, I'm not. She's like, you're going to need my help. He's like, I'll be fine. And then he freezes because she's so strong and powerful that he's like, <laughs> and then Okoye does have to like step in, save him, mm-hmm. and then everything's fine. But it's like you see right away the movie after the flashback in 1992 in Oakland. The next thing we see is that one in Nigeria, and so like right away we're just seeing two women kicking ass. Then there's a sequence in South Korea. First they're in the casino, and then it uh, transfers to out in the street when they're basically trying to capture Claw and stop him from doing the deal with the vibranium. And it's Nakia, Okoye, and then Shuri is, like, remote. She's still in Wakanda, but she's, like, doing the whole, like, driving the car. car. She is leading Black Panther. She is leading him, okay? She is in charge of him arriving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you see... I'm like, can you have a driver's license? Like, you're so... (laughs) Right, she's like... (laughs) Yeah, when you built the car. That's that's (laughs) true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's three women and one man fighting all the bad guys, and it's just like, oh, I, w- I could watch those scenes <laughs> over and over again. Toward the end, we've got Okoye and the other warrior women fighting Killmonger, and then she goes off and fights sort of the rest of the people, and then Nakia and Shuri fight him. So it's like this rapid-fire, like, bunch of women fighting the bad guy. It's just like, oh, I, I'm, like, speechless with how cool it is to watch. I mean, Okoye stopped the war. She literally yeah. stopped mm-hmm. the battle. You know what I mean? Like, she literally causes Wakabi to put down his mm-hmm. weapon, get on his knees, and all the other men follow suit. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you think it's a big moment when the Jabari show up, right? Because that's another, you're like, yeah. oh, they're going to shut this down. Yeah. And then it was actually her. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I think the most perfect image is that rhinoceros, her stepping in front of it and, and just oh, bringing it so to a halt. Exciting. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it licks her face. Like, you know, and you're just like, Oh, yeah, who in charge here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. she literally just got that massive animal to stop in its tracks. And she's like, all right, we're going to do this. Yeah, but in the beauty is that scene ends with all those men bowing yes. to women. Like, uh-huh. it, right. like, And what was a cool little note that, like, was an extra kind of cherry on top was when the Jabari did show up, they made an effort to show a female Jabari warrior kill someone before. It cut. So it showed, you know, our man Mbaku's like grab, yank someone, mm-hmm. throws them. But then in the next shot, you see like, nope, they got females too and they're right. kicking ass. Like yeah. it, it really, you could tell there was an effort put to be like, no, we're showing that women are kick just as much ass. It isn't like, you know, this isn't a dude came to save the day. It's like this dude's army came. Another thing I wanted to talk about is like, you know, in a lot of action movies, I find that when you do have kick-ass women, it usually there is another woman, a woman for the women to fight. And it's like two women fighting. I think the only one you didn't really see that with was like Atomic Blonde, where like, and she was the super kick-ass woman and she was going toe-to-toe with dudes. But like in this one, it was like, no, also... No woman betrayed the the thing. All the women were loyal in this movie, and all the women were on the good side. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, even like a Koi, I thought it was interesting, again, what we said about them being their own people. Like, 
you know, scene between Lupita, I'm just gonna, I love it, I'm like, Lupita, Okoye, deny, you know, I'm just calling them whatever I'm <laughs> calling her chart, yeah. But, you know, where you really did see kind of, it's like, I don't necessarily, it's like, I didn't agree with Okoye in that moment where she's like, I serve the throne, whoever's on it. Right. right. Like, it was a tough, you were like, well, this is this, this is this character's, you know, code of ethics. Mm-hmm. Whether we agree, like, this, at least yeah. this character has a code, right? And then you're like, and she's not comfortable. But she's like, what do I have to do? Then she finally steps up. But then it comes back to, in the end, her love of country, which was yeah. her, you know what I mean? Like, which right. is her backbone anyway. You know, Lupita's like, I'm just a spy. I'm just an ex-girlfriend <laughs> yeah. <and a> spy. <laughs> you know, and how I was like, no, you're a fighter too. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You don't just lurk. The fact that <laughs> yeah. she has an arc. Like, she goes, yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, women never even get arcs most of the time in movies. So it's like, oh, because she goes from like, and then she sort of is grappling with this thing. It's like, who do, who am I loyal to? The fact that she's struggling with something so complicated is like, yeah, great. Like, we don't see women do that in movies. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because, and I feel like it speaks to like the performance and the writing of like, there's not a ton of screen time spent on that particular issue, but every time she's there, you feel that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can, we can write female characters who have these inner struggles, even if it is a movie that's primarily about a man. And I also, I really liked the tone of, I feel like a lot of times in like action movies, and I'm not particularly into action movies, but like a lot of times when there are women women in battle the movie kind of goes out of its way to congratulate itself on being like look we showed a woman fighting (laughs) girl power right (laughs) and that always like that that really fucking bothers me when it's like look we put a girl in it is that you do you like that we do a good job may we have a trophy and it's like (laughs) no no like the way the warriors are treated are as equals and they're fighting each other and yeah like it, it's like you were saying if it's like coogan's not going out of his way to be like hey look i i, I included women like it's so normalized like to take it, right that it's, it's just, just what like, it is yeah well, it's also like you know i know people called out wonder woman's costuming and stuff i noticed definitely immediately they were fully covered yeah mm-hmm. that they you know because they are bald too you know and it was tricky with Wonder Woman because don't worry, I did cry during it. So it's not like I don't feel <laughs> <Sure>. it. <laughs> but there is this sense sometimes of um, it gets a little sexy. You know, yeah. you get your slow-mo mm-hmm. where it's like a fucking hair flip. The hair. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like a close-in on abs and contortion, you know. Um, and this one, it was not that they weren't beautiful, but it was so much about like strength and power. And it was less about the Yeah, it was yeah. less about like... Right. The women the, are never sexualized yeah. in this movie. Like, even when, I mean, even when you see them look beautiful showing up in Korea and Lupita's got the fucking stank face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't like the wig. You know, so even if it's like, they look great, but she's just like, oh, give me the fuck alone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. she does not want to be bothered even in that moment where it's like they are unapologetically sexy. Okay. Right. right. Oh, my God. The figures, the bodies, the dresses, everything yes. about it. There's no sort of like, so often in, in especially action movies where there is like one female character. The Which is sort like, of most of Wonder Woman, too. True. You get the first 20 minutes in Themyscira, but then she would. Oh, shit. You're dudes so right. Hot yeah. For the rest yeah. of the movie. She yeah. is the one, one. Like, it is her movie, and then for the most of the movie, she is the one woman surrounded by these men. Right. <laughs> and she's also has to kind of prove to them that she's not crazy. That's, right. You know? She's I got, like, no, come on. We've got to come together. And they're like, this broad. Yeah. I thought about that a lot since we recorded our Wonder Woman episode because we recorded it so soon after we both saw it where I was still like, (gasps) but but like I've seen it two times since then. And it is there's a lot about that movie that's like there are those moments where she's hot and proving herself Mm -hmm. to World War One soldiers. And it's like they're 
Why? Why does it always have to be a question? I also didn't like the bait. Like there was, I again, I think again, my tears were in that opening sequence. Like I love that part, mm-hmm. but then we get to this point where what I don't like is that she, as a result of not being connected to the world, she was infantilized. Do you know what I mean? Like where everything is like new to her. The born sexy yesterday trope. (laughs) Is that a trope? Born sexy yesterday? Yeah. Pop culture detective did a video about it, about this trope that's super common in a lot of like sci-fi movies especially. Oh, yes. Yes, Where it's like a fully grown sexual woman who was like, I'm a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which is super. The seconds you like you identify that trope, you're like, like, (laughs) why? No. But there. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's absent from this movie. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. No, the women are always a authority. Like if we jump to the scene where they're questioning Claw, and like she sees like a bzzz on the screen, she walks up to him in Korean, is like, "Yo, what's that?" And he's yeah. just like, he's like "Oh, what? this is what it is." Like he's never like, "Who are you?" Or like, you know, you right. get that like, yeah. Uh, like yeah. yeah. He's like, "Oh, this is what's going on." And then. uh or like that wonderful scene where like her and Chadwick are having the conversation in Nyosha, like in front of Ross, doing like a just a perfect African job oh, of how yeah. they talk shit in their language while staring right at you. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Does she speak English?" And she's like, "When she wants to." <laughs> Shut up, exactly. you know. <laughs> like you, you get out of here. Like never once are they made to look dumb or in secondary to anyone. They're always an authority, and that was like real cool yeah. to see. Yeah. The whole thing was like, I'm not. I mean, even that you know that scene really highlights it. But the whole idea is like, I'm not here for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not here for you to make you feel better, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't say what you want to hear all the damn time. I'm not here to have sex with you, or they don't even really, you know, they don't even have the moment either of them because I definitely thought it would come into play because they do look so good going into that casino scene. Yeah, there was not a moment where they like use sex to trick someone. Yeah. No. That doesn't no. happen. You know what I mean? Like Good she's point. in a fucking skin tight dress, working it, and there's never anything where like a man. You know what I mean? She like plays with a man's idiocy to get her way. It's like, nah, I'm gonna do my job, and then when it's time to fight, I fight. Yeah, right, you know. Yeah, you don't even get the feeling that she's wearing the dress for anyone, but just because that's what she wanted yeah. to wear. Right. She's like, we have to look fancy. We're going to a party. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, they don't do that thing, which I think you see obviously all the time. Uh-huh. And it's always meant to be obviously a comment on male stupidity, mm-hmm. but it <laughs> is still like... It's become a trope that it's now, it's it feels lazy when it happens. Right. right. Uh, also something I thought about is like, you know, you have the scene where Michael B. Jordan, his like Bonnie and Clyde girl, he just like shoots her. Oh yeah. And it's like straight up. And I feel like in a movie without any of these strong women... It probably would have made me go, come on, you know, but it's it's that thing that we talk about where like when people are like, this isn't a big deal. This isn't big. It was like it wouldn't be a big deal if it wasn't the only thing that, you know, that goes on. But the simple fact that you have so many strong women, so many women with like speaking roles, so many that like killing her off, like it doesn't matter to make that statement doesn't ring as hollow as it normally does when you have your fridging scenes. But that also, I think, tells you, you know, because of how he does set up femininity, it's exactly how you know he's a bad guy. Yeah. When we don't know, the fact that he takes a woman out Mm -hmm. so soullessly when it's clear they did have some sort of a sexual bond. Yeah. You know, and she's even like, I'm sorry. You know, she says that for a second. He's like, bye, bitch. (laughs) It lets you know immediately... Oh, he's no good. Oh, yeah. Right? And he's also like, you ain't Wakandan, boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't roll with the way we roll up in here. Yeah. We don't just be shooting them out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know? All three times, too, 
gasped on that scene. Yeah, Everybody was like, feel that. You're yeah. like, oh, because you are like, this is this is his girl. This is like, she's been for all one of his heights. They're always making out. He's like, <laughs> nah, I got a bigger mission. Like, right. oh. Right. He kills right. a few women because uh, toward the yeah. end, he slits He's the throat like, yeah. of one of the warriors. And then in the early, I think the only white woman you see in the entire movie is, <laughs> is that British woman yeah. at the British oh, Museum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who... I don't know if she dies, but she gets poisoned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hits her with this straight-up Hotep speech where it's like, <laughs> oh, you think, uh, so how do you think your ancestors got this, huh? And you're like, okay, we get it. You're woke. <laughs> yeah, I bet she was like with her coffee and was like, okay. <laughs> like, I think you can leave now. Exactly. Okay. But I also loved how extra he looked in that scene. Oh, yeah. It was like so extra because it was like the layers of denim. I, was it a vest or there's a jacket it over the hoodie? Jacket. It was it the was Brody Reed the jacket. Who? Brody Reed. You know that comic? Yeah. No. Brody. Oh, Brody. Yeah, right. Yeah, Brody <laughs> Reed has book? that exact same uh, jacket and the exact same <laughs> yeah, hairstyle. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, feel like he was wearing your glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. Was yeah. It was like the a circular. fusion between. <laughs> he was getting so many looks. He was getting so many looks in the museum. Oh, and I man. just thought, I was like, honestly, your lucky security didn't come to you close. <laughs> like, sooner. I was like, you're very extra right now. I was, I mean, you do feel that moment when, when Michael B. takes that lady out. I, I don't remember. Did she, does she have a name, that character? I don't know no. if we ever learned. No, no we no. never learned. But we called her relaxed hair. There, <laughs> and, and then she was taken out. See, that was like, the wow, big, that was the bigger it. message in the movie: I is the it. one woman without natural <laughs> hair. She gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> I feel like that was like you were saying, anyway, like it's like a a villain moment because it's hard for like even though I you go into it, you're like, oh, Michael B's the bad guy, but it's like hard for Michael B to lose me. <laughs> and then once he killed the lady, I was like, oh, okay, he kind of lost me. <laughs> That's, that's so a great funny. way to lose me in the movie. <laughs> straight up murder a woman in cold blood. Because <laughs> um, I'll forgive a lot in a hot villain. <laughs> yeah, we know about your take on Spider-Man 2 and Alfred Molina. I, my, my Doc Ock thick villain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, speak- I love a thick villain. <laughs> Look at my romantic history. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that also that leads me to another thing I wanted to talk about as far as like tropes in superhero movies in general. So I would say of the movies that we've done so far in this podcast, we see a trend of movies with a female protagonist faring better in terms of their portrayal of women. Movies with male protagonists usually get like a one nipple rating. So <laughs> Black Panther is like a rare example of a movie with a male protagonist that services its female characters extremely well. Because like not every movie needs to have a female protagonist. Like women make up roughly 50% of the people. Like we... It's 51 51, so sorry. Um, so, I just felt like iffy. <laughs> Actually, it's 51. Men identifying people would make up that. But then there's also gender, queer, and non-binary people who make up a small percentage of people as well. But because, like, I think it's somewhere around 70% of movies feature a male protagonist. Mm-hmm. So we see this huge, like, gender imbalance in terms of movies. But I think it is the responsibility of movies that do have a male protagonist to still treat its female characters well. So few of them do. Black Panther does. Yeah. What does suck is that this movie still follows the trend of a superhero movie with a male protagonist. I'm hoping with the success of Wonder Woman, we'll see like a shift in that soon. But this still follows the trend of being a superhero movie with a male protagonist. But I think it goes to great lengths to subvert the tropes that we see in superhero movies, the tropes that like that are specific to the treatment of women. Uh, I've made a, a list of just a few of them. I'm sure there are dozens more. <laughs> Caitlin, how many different <clears throat> colors, fonts? 
highlight. Oh where, my god, she's a lot of sex. It's a lot. Caitlin's notes are legendary. It's yeah. crazy. Okay, I'm so lame. <laughs> Wait, it's almost like she went to fucking grad school. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the tropes include there only being one female main character. Yeah, she's poised as the love interest and in pretty much nothing else. She's given no agency. She's given little or no backstory. She's given little or no goal or desire outside of being with the male hero. Very often she disappears for 45 minutes at a time. And, you're just like, and then she comes back it's like, oh, did she come back for often, a kiss? Often because she was captured <laughs> she was taken, right. and held as bait. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and she's not able to fight. She is, has to be saved by the male hero. Mm-hmm. Black Panther subverts all of these tropes. Like, women are never damseled they're given agency. They have their own lives, their own backstories. We have already talked about that. There is one tiny moment where uh, Captain Buzzkill. I'm kidding. I'm teasing you. <laughs> where Killmonger has his like spear or whatever raised above Shuri and is like mm-hmm. probably about to kill her. And Black Panther does have to like throw him out of the way, basically. But that moment, it didn't even register for me until my third viewing because it's so quick and it's not, right. it doesn't feel like she's damseled and she has to be saved because up until that point she had been fighting and then after that point she continues fighting. That to me felt like a team moment. Right. Yeah. 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 And then being siblings helped out. Because, right, right, right. because right. women save male warriors' asses so many times in this movie that it was like, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and compare that sequence to the ending of, for example, Spider Man 2, where oh. Mary Jane. Is literally in shackles, cannot oh, do anything. But we all know that that's really Alfred Molina's movie. <laughs> <laughs> like we could have chained up the whole. Like we would just be like, let's just everyone else get out of frame. <laughs> Let the man flex with his claws. Damn it. Uh, yeah, the one time she like Mary Jane tries to do anything, she's immediately flung out of the way. She's like, literally thrown out of the climax of the movie. That happens to women all the time in movies where they're what was the movie we did recently where like the female protagonist it was um Pacific Rim where they uh, wake up at the end basically like they get knocked out and then they come to and it's all been solved uh, right the, the movie Mega Mori she is literally launched out of the climactic scene of that movie they're, they're, she's sealed up in a little pod and they're like see you later bitch and then and then we see her at the end for a little nuzzle and it's right. just like fuck <laughs> off dude there and that movie doesn't i mean i just i anytime a woman's launched out of the climax of the movie uh i'm just like well uh okay cool that <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, let us know how it ends yeah right Another thing I want to talk about is I labeled this section men be crying because <laughs> you see no less than five men in this movie crying, which is amazing. Like showing men crying in movies sends a message to men and young boys who are seeing the movie that it's okay mm. to cry. It's I think that's okay why I love the new queer eye. The new queer eye is just <gasps> men crying and it has never that. touched me. Like I watched it all yesterday oh. and I was like, why is everyone, you know, going crazy over this? And I was like, oh, correct. Men cry the entire time. Uh, white men, black men, young men, old men. Everyone's crying. It fed me. It was mm-hmm. mana. It was mana. Nectar. Okay, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm I'm saving it. I'm saving it. <laughs> Save for, for a dark day. That's why like, I'm saving day. it for when I need it. And then I'm canceling everything. <laughs> <laughs> Clear my schedule. I've got queer eyes. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, because I, I feel like so much of toxic masculinity stems from men not being able to emote and feel their feelings and like be expressive of their feelings. So the fact that you see, you see T'Challa crying, you see his dad T'Chaka crying, you see Zuri, who we haven't really talked about, uh, but it's Forrest Whitaker's character. You see Njobu crying, that's Sterling K. Brown, and you see Killmonger crying. You see five men shedding tears. Yes. Killmonger adult or Killmonger Having, the boy? Oh, right. You see them both. Uh, yeah. I think them both. the adult. Right. They the go adult. back and forth. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel as a black man to see black men cry? Ooh, it's great. I didn't feel this <laughs> cleanse since uh, Moonlight. It's just back to being cleansed. Yeah. <laughs> They went to uh, Sniffle City, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, Sniffle City, everywhere. <laughs> One way to take it. There, the moments when men were crying in this movie, I'm like, oh, man, I'm really glad this movie's PG-13. I'm right. glad, I'm little glad that, like, yeah, I'm yeah. glad that, like, young men can see this. Yeah. And no tears for your father? <laughs> we're in it again. Everybody oh. dies. We've entered sound clip five. That kid was, yeah, he's like, he's like 11. He's like, everybody dies. And I'm yeah. like, well, no, kid. Go play with some toys. That's reality. <laughs> Out yes, in these streets. Out in fucking 1992 out in, out in Oakland. Oakland. <laughs> Holding it down. Oh, man. Speaking of toys. So, <laughs> sorry. This, Interesting transition. Yeah, I know. The scene where um, he's trying on his new shoes. She's like, oh, I call them sneakers. Ha, ha, ha. She's like, these are like fully automated shoes, just like the ones in the American movie that Baba used to wear. What movie? Back to the Future 2. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Uh, I was like, I assumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, did they just make a Back to the Future yep. 2 reference? Very sneaky, <laughs> oh too. Oh, my God. Like, it was a very, like, did just peak nerd all. where it's like, you have to know to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. You know. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention is that it's a panther goddess that shows the Wakandans mm-hmm. the flower. Okay, you just, yeah, like, panther... Yeah, it's like pussy goddess flower. Like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's like okay, we get it. It's about women, <laughs> right? And it's did the- someone say pussy goddess flower? Because <laughs> it's a flower that gives the Black Panther his power. Yeah, flowers are very feminine little things, and the fact that it's not like some because so many superheroes are usually like. Oh, you're very rich and good at technology, and that's why you're a superhero. Or a rock hit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were strong you enough got... to withstand this rock, and now you're super. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I liked that it was a, a flower that gives him his powers. Yeah, <laughs> flower power. Okay, now you're making it sound less strong. Okay, you done right. ruined the vibe for me. Did you know that flowers? <laughs> we have... came forth from the pussy goddess flower. <laughs> I was going to say that flower, I was going to be like, did you know that flowers have eight petals? And I was going to make a fake flower fact with him. But then I remembered panthers are cats. Panthers have... Cats have eight nipples. How many? Yeah. They do. This is Cat Facts with Caitlin. Also, I think... Oh, yeah. That's crazy that we've been talking about Panther and that hasn't come up sooner. Right. Um, I think that Black Panther's suit should have had eight nipples on it. <laughs> Similar to the George Clooney nipple Batman suit. Oh, that would have been so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> If he looks very confused. Yeah. If it was like, absolutely not. Yeah, because no, I could picture it. Because I remember that Batman suit. It was like, oh man, just eight of them. Just. Yeah. Could anyone actually summarize that movie or were we so transfixed by the nips? <laughs> I, 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 st- I stand for the nips. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm here for the nips. Something that's been talked about a lot in this movie is colorism. And how it's very rare to see dark-skinned black people. Oh, it was the greatest moment of my life. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, well, light-skinned people have been tripping over I themselves. I know. They've been like, there's no light-skinned. <laughs> yeah, because you, you're in everything else. <laughs> Give us this. You have Shamar Moore, who's in there having just weird threesomes. 
So give us this. And you get most rap videos, ladies. Yeah. So it like literally did make me feel better. Cause I'm constantly like, cause I've been act I've been going out on auditions. Mm-hmm. Like this is my first this is my first go at LA pilot season and what it is to kind of go in for stuff and, and even just to read the script. Like I went, I was like, this is for a white woman. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I literally read it and I'm like, okay, like, so how much work do I put in here? How likely is this? My whole big thing is I was like, I'm never going to be on TV. My eyes are too small. Everyone has big eyes like dinner plates. <laughs> and then I was like watching. I was like, actually, look, no, not all. Mo- most black people don't. I was yeah. like, oh, that's like a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's a white standard of beauty. And then like right. when I was watching that movie and I was like, okay, no, maybe I'm okay. Maybe yeah. I'm okay. I will shave my head though. <laughs> but I was like, but it was, I don't know. It was like just on that very minor level where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not so bad, but it's unfortunate that it's either a totally black world or it's like the one black person supporting a Caucasian dream. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? But anyway, but it was so great. And I was like, oh God, look yeah. at them lighting all those black people so well, <laughs> so magically, picking up all the tones. One of the very few oh, female cinematographer in this movie. Oh, awesome! Uh, her name is Rachel Morrison, and she was the uh, she, she did Mudbound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, she and isn't she nominated? She's Mudbound. nominated and is the first. I did not know this first, first female woman. cinematographer. I know first woman. Yeah, first female Insane. cinematographer ever Insane. nominated. Because cinematographers are almost never women on like mainstream big Hollywood movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> Do you think that there is a surprise kiss at the end of this movie? There's a kiss. Mm. A fan mentioned it might be a surprise kiss because he kind of... So it's after the whole battle. T'Challa and Nakia are hanging out in the city. And he's like, please stay, please. I, you can do... We, Men do can, a lot of begging yeah. in this movie, which is like pretty tight. It's like very sexually charged Excuse for me. me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this I love. There, Yeah, but continue (laughs) so like yeah he's like you can do what you want to do i have like an idea for you because her whole thing has been she wants to basically do like outreach and use the resources that wakanda has to help other parts of the world and he's like yeah we can like figure out a way for you to do that with also like staying here with me she's like "Eh." and then (laughs) please be my girlfriend and then he like swoops in and kisses her it's not in a situation where like she was necessarily expecting it or prepared for it. I read it as kind of a surprise kiss. Yeah. Yeah. But then he like kind of backs away. He's like, sorry, I had to, I almost died. Like that. But then she leans in and kisses him. So she returns it. Right. It's not, I mean, on the, on the spectrum of surprise kisses, the worst of course being the mummy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a feral Brendan Fraser leaping out of a cage right. and kissing oh, a woman who immediately falls in love with him. <laughs> Which is like cartoonish. I, I feel like this was sort of a surprise kiss. And I feel like I, because I just saw this movie, I was like, oh, oh, because yeah. that's how movies condition us to feel about the surprise kiss sometimes. Right. I did appreciate that she returned it. So it wasn't like... Yeah. I don't know, but I think it kind of was. I f- yeah, I feel like it was just in the sense that they had history. And I feel like when, yeah. you were, when you're around your ex and you're like, what's up? Sorry. And I also <laughs> like that he, I also do like that he acknowledged like, yo, I did kind of like, press the gas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, plant yeah. the gas. And, it, and then she was like, all right, you good this time. <laughs> but next time, I cut know. your nuts off. <laughs> well, it was to, to me, and again, maybe I missed it, but that was like the only time he joked. That was the only like, yeah. funny line he That's said in true. the whole yeah. movie. You know, he was not the funny one. Not a, le- not a character him, levity, no. No. And so when he's like, I almost died. You're kind of like, oh, you. <laughs> you know? I did. I know. Because that registered to me. And then I was just like, but it, 
But, but, right. I know. It, but it was... part of me also wonders if it was like, because I, I might be misremembering the trope, but isn't it usually like the girl does a small kiss and then like the guy's like, yeah, it's time. So I was wondering if it was a flip on that. No, the surprise kiss is the trope and the girl's like, it's okay. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot. I of... mean, it goes both, but I think normally it is like man comes in for a kiss that the woman is surprised about. Remember, arms go from <laughs> yeah. open to Ooh, close and yeah. she takes it yes. in. She accepts yeah. the kiss into her heart. Where, <laughs> where when the kiss starts, it's like, this could go either way. This could go either way. <laughs> right. But almost every time it's like, no, she just fell in love somehow. Right. She's got radioactive fuck saliva. <laughs> no, she's going to whatever. Speaking of the funny characters, though, it's all the women. All the women have all the laugh lines. Oh, yeah. Except yeah. for uh, Umbaku. He has yeah. a few. Yeah, Umbaku. Thick Zaddy Umbaku really has some good Are you gym. done? I love him. <laughs> I mean, are you done? <laughs> he was here. He was just here. So he was just here. Sorry, y'all. Uh, I have I a million him. bottles in front of me because <laughs> I, am, I have an unquenchable thirst. He's intermittent drinking. Uh, that's what happens when I think about Lupita Nyong'o <laughs> and Lita Wright and every strong woman. I'm like, man. Ooh. like uh, I figured that out in Atomic Blonde that like women kicking men's ass is like, woof, that's, oh my gosh. Ooh, it gets like, you going. Yeah. We just haven't been allowed to see it. Yet. I know. Yeah. It's like, this is what I need right here. <laughs> um, let's talk about whether or not the movie passes the Bechdel test. It does. It passes it. Next. It does. Uh, I'm sorry, no to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of scenes where women are talking about usually T'Challa. So those yeah. do not pass. I found a few that. Can I, can I take a guess? Yes. Just, just, uh, just a free ball. Go for it. My first guess is the scene outside the Korean club where they're discussing her previous time there, and they only she mentions T'Challa and them as a group once, but besides that, they're just talking about why she's bad news and the thing she did last time she came. Mm-hmm. She's speaking that so because it's Nakia talking to the Korean woman, right? Yeah. right? Because she does have a name. She's given a name, Sophia, yeah. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that that's one of my contenders. Is a <laughs> it for passing? This is a table in in Caitlin's. I can't see it, but I'm guessing. It's, it, you're not wrong. There's a flow chart. <laughs> <laughs> And then I think it's either right before that or right after that, Okoye is wearing the wig. She's like, oh, I can't wait to get this ridiculous thing off my head. And Nikki is like, oh, it looks nice. Just whip it back and forth. And then Okoye is like, disgrace, which I think <laughs> is a dig at Willow Smith. Yeah. But it does pass the Bechdel test because <laughs> yes. they're talking about her wig. And then there's a scene toward the end in the big battle where Nakia and Shuri kind of meet up. And one of them's like, are you all right? And then I was like, yeah, I'm okay. You? Yes. Let's go. (laughs) That passes. A lot of these other ones, though, I think they're talking about, because there's like a scene where Nakia and the queen, the queen's like, when they have the herb that they stole from the garden right before it gets burned, she's like, you have to be the one to take this, because if we give it to M'Baku, he's going to create an even bigger monster, potentially. And she's like, no, I'm a spy without an army. I don't stand a chance. So that, like kind of passes at the very, very end of that conversation, I think. Yeah. But up until then. Well, I mean... What about the scene where Nakia comes to Okoye and she asks her to revolt and she says, 
before that, she's like, you're, you're a spy who comes and goes as you leave. And then uh, she's like, who do you serve? And then she's like, I serve my country. And then Okoye goes, well, I serve the throne no matter who sits up there. Right. So she doesn't necessarily right, say a man. She's saying it's the throne, mm-hmm, which right. I also thought was badass because she was like, I don't fuck T'Challa. Right. Fuck Njadaka. Right. Who sits there? It's that's right. who I serve. Right. Yeah. They start out being like, oh, let's overthrow Killmonger. Yeah. And they're like, no. And then they're like, but I love T'Challa. Yeah, that. it's the love part. But other than that, I think the combo flies. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that conversation ends being, I think Nakia is like, I love my country. And then Okoye's like, then you serve your country. And she's like, I save my country. Yeah. And that passes. Uh, uh. So many like, <laughs> Good lines in this yeah. movie. Like, oh, what you're seeing is literally 30 combined years of MFAs, okay? <laughs> because black actors who show up can't just be basic, okay? You need a fucking Juilliard degree to throw a spear. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody there is like, everyone's like, oh, the acting was so good. I was like, because these bitches been fucking, you know, doing theater for 45 years. Right. They all got MFAs. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, none of them were found on YouTube. So you're getting extra level shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, all right, let's rate the movie on our nipple scale. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a f- zero to five nipple scale uh, rating specifically based on its portrayal of women. So Put your nips on the table. A, <laughs> time to do it. I think I'm giving it a five nipple rating. The fact that you see women just kicking ass the whole time, having agency, having desires, having skills. They're all women of color. We rarely see this on screen where strong black women get to just like kick ass, at least in mainstream Hollywood movies. This movie is a triumph for women. This movie, I hope, will be just like a cultural landmark for years to come. I'm so glad this movie exists. I hope that everyone sees it millions of times. Caitlin, do you like this movie? I think... (laughs) I think that women are represented so well in this movie. I was speaking of this earlier, like it's not every single movie has to have a woman protagonist, but of the movies that do have a male protagonist, I think it's important still, obviously, to do justice to its female characters. And this movie does an excellent job of that. I'm giving it five nipples. Nakia, Okoye, and Shuri all get one. Mm-hmm. So does Angela Bassett. And my final nipple goes to, I think I want to give it to Mbaku. Because, <laughs> yes. Because he was like all geared up to be the, like he was sort of uh, established as this sort of, like kind of the most toxic in his masculinity of all the male characters. And then he like came around and we were like, great. He's, he's a good guy. Now. <laughs> he's also Mbaku very so handsome. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four and a half, just because I'm a little bitch. Uh, she was I'm, born in 1992. Cheers. Go on. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four and a half. There's like there are a few little things with this movie. Wasn't crazy about the surprise kiss. Wish that the queen character had been given a, a little more depth, a little more things to do. But I mean, obviously, everything. I, I agree with what you're saying. This is. It's so rare to see a movie where. Uh, women are represented not only as capable but respected by the men who surround them and really working on equal footing the entire time. 
they have romantic lives, but they're not identified by their romantic lives. It's just, it's great. There's, I don't, I don't have that much to add. I really liked mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm excited to see the director's cut to see what like more there was that we didn't get to see because there's like little moments where it's like, yeah, I would have loved to see these two women talk more or these or even these two characters. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to see like a softer side of Okoye, and I'm, I, I feel like that probably exists somewhere. And we just haven't seen it, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna get four and a half. I'm giving two to Shuri because I just, I just love her. I love that little baby genius. <laughs> uh, I'm giving two to Mbaku because he's my crush. <laughs> and we must give things to our crushes. And <laughs> I'll give uh, the last half to Okoye. Yeah, great. Five nips, baby. Mm-hmm. Literally, it all for me comes down to that moment when Okoye is staring at Wakabi and he's like, would you really kill me? And she's like, for Wakanda. Mm. Done. I will I kill like, a man that, for my country. I will kill my, my love, right? Yeah. Like the person, she's like, I have bigger dreams or I am tied to more than you. Mm-hmm. And I think you don't see that. It's I think especially superhero movies, it's all kind of like, you know, the idea that you employ your powers, you do whatever for love, right? It's always like to get this person, to mm-hmm. save this person. You know, you killed my parents and I have to avenge them. It's a love thing. Mm-hmm. And this was so much, you know, this movie was about the bigger. It was about country. It was about nationality, home, spirit, those bigger things. Mm-hmm. And the men kind of came second to that. You know, even in the conversations about T'Challa, mostly they're about him as king as ruler of this nation not as man i love you know right so you kind of again it's like he's a symbol you know in a lot of ways he's he's the symbol and the women are like the people grappling with the symbol which makes sense so five nips baby five hard nips (laughs) who you giving them to all right (laughs) three go to okoye (laughs) hell yeah two go to nakia nice perfect that's it uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and drop five cocoa butter moisturized nips. <laughs> you know, the, the super chocolate areola. You know, like, yeah, same the same for me, where it's like, not only does it pass the Bechtel, but yeah, you do see women be like, men don't matter. And I think what really drives it home for me is like, without the women in this movie, they couldn't have won. They could not have won. And I feel like a lot of action movies that have women, you can take the woman out and they're either no longer a burden or like it would be a little harder, but they'd be fine. But the movie would literally stop without those women. It took Nakia's foresight to like, let me get one of these herbs. I might need this. It took them like going up to Mbaku in the cold, you know, you know, Angela Bassett don't do well in the cold. (laughs) You know, it's those, those dreads were holding in all that winter. Uh, And, you know, and what what was Mbaku going to do? Just have T'Challa on ice? You just got exactly. this, a cold nigga just in your house <laughs> forever. Like, what was the plan? He had no plan. He had no plan. He, had no plan. he just... He's like, do I tell them he's here? I, know, I don't yeah. know. He's like, I'm going to just wait till the dust settle and yeah. I'll figure out what to do with this icy-ass dude right here. So, like, you needed those women for it to be success. And, for like, even without Killmonger... Black Panther would not be who he is without Shuri's tech. Tech, yeah. Right. It is right. built around. And you know, it, and her tech is a real pinnacle of the movie. You see it used. You see it in the s- sneakers. You see it used with the balls that yeah. thrown off. Like you the, see her knock him out with his own suit. Yeah. Like she plays with him. She yeah. fucking rose him like, bitch, I run yeah. this town. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, 
and, like, and about. like the first words out of Shuri's mouth is teaching her older brother about tech, where she's like, just because it works doesn't mean we can't make it better. Uh, so yeah, just lots of women in charge. So I'm definitely giving two to Shuri, two to Okoye. And I guess uh, one to Nikita. Uh, you know, I want to give her two, but I only have one to spare. Yeah, you can give spare. this movie can six nipples. All right, six nipples. Six, six. cocoa yeah. butter. Six yeah. purple areolas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. This has Thanks, been so man. much fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for being here. Naomi, where can people find you online? Is there anything Find like me on plug? Twitter at Blacktress. Come to Couples Therapy the second Saturday of the month at Nerd Melt. Yay. Yay. I can't believe you got that, that handle. I know you got to come in early before I even tweeted anything. I was yeah. like, just give it to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why I'm joining all these other sites. Like, I, I think I don't think Vero is going to be anything, but I need to take Iffy now because yeah. never Iffy know. is being squat on, and I yeah. can't get anyone to give it to me. <laughs> Speaking of which, you can catch me at Iffy Wadiway, which is I F Y N W A D I W E. On the Twitter and Instagram, right now it's just a lot of Black Panther content. So yeah, right. it's, perfect. Yeah, so perfect. You might want to see that uh, cool Sterling K. Brown picture we've been talking yeah. about. Oh. I'm, I'm at UCB uh, every second Friday at 10:30. UCB Sunset with white women. We have a show called Your Token Friend, where we <laughs> interview a person of color about being a token in a white space, and then we do improv off of it. And then uh, every first Saturday we have a, me, Brody Reed, and Biniam have a show called Deep In at Echoes on Pico. Nice. Excellent. Uh, You can follow us at Bechtelcast on Twitter and Facebook. Can't follow me on Twitter. Oh, sorry. Being impressed by the Olympics Committee. (laughs) We'll talk Um, about it. You can subscribe to our Patreon. It's $5 a month and you get two bonus episodes of the Bechtelcast. You can buy our merch online. We've got buttons and pins and they're cute as hell. Yeah. So buy those. And um, get real fuzzy, hairy nipple stickers. <laughs> yeah, there. If you can believe our lowest seller, yeah, people don't <laughs> want the pictures I drew of hairy nipples. Buy our freaking nipple buttons, guys. It's mean. Ugh, rude. Right. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, and uh, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Go okay. ahead. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. What kind of friend? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god. Bye. 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 <laughs> if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.